episode one of the ESL Academy podcast. You're listening to the ESL Academy podcast. I'm your host, Alison Crooks, and I'm a master ESL instructor, author, and course creator. This podcast is designed to help you master learning the English language so you can up-level your life and make more money. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the ESL Academy podcast. My name is Alison Crooks and I'm the founder of the ESL Academy and it's something that's a passion project of mine and I've made it to help businesswomen and entrepreneurs up-level their life so that they can make more money. It's just about delivering real English language learning relevant English language um, resources and learning to the community, to the social media community, the worldwide community. I really enjoy teaching students from all around the world. So this project will give me that opportunity. So I'm so excited that you're here and I have been working hard behind the scenes to bring this podcast to you. You can listen to my podcast to learn English and help you with your understanding of the different things associated with English, learning English. If you're interested in taking it further, I've also got resources for this. So it's more like a ling- English lesson for you and they can be found at my website, theeselacademy.com. At the website, you can download a worksheet that goes along with this podcast. Basically, you listen and answer questions and there's also some discussion questions on there for you to have a go at as well. Anyway, we're just going to get started straight away with learning English, learning relevant English that I hope you find empowering. So today's lesson is about transformational vocabulary and transformational vocabulary is something that I first heard from Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins is a bit of the man when it comes to self-help and self-development so if you're into that kind of stuff then maybe grab one of his books and have a go at reading it but um, he probably invented transformational vocabulary. Basically it's the choice of words that we use so when we use different words that's creating our reality and our situation. So what happens is we have thoughts inside our minds and those are said to create our feelings. So we have thoughts, they create our feelings and then that's how we feel about the world around us. Um, When we look at transformation vocabulary, what are the words that you're using inside your mind to describe a situation? And then from there... What are the words you're using to say out loud to describe a situation? And these words, words are so powerful. Words have meaning and power. So these words are shaping the situation and they're shaping the the reality and they're shaping the energy behind the situation. So the words are giving you energy and power. So today's episode, we're going to look at the words that you choose that create your reality and there's so many levels to this topic first we'll start with positive and negative so we're going to look at adjectives adjectives are words we use to describe something so let's if when we look at describing emotions we have both 
both negative and positive emotions. And in the English language, there's more words for negative emotions than there is for positive emotions. So you can just see um, where our culture's going with this. We we either are feeling more negative emotions or we're kind of wallowing in them more. So we're talking about them more and describing them more and that's why we have more negative words than positive words for our emotions so I'd be interested to know about your culture is that true in your culture as well or do you have more positive emotions more words for positive emotions instead but just be aware when you are describing your feelings in English about the word that you use and the severity of the word. So some words are stronger than other words. Let's take a positive emotion. Let's say happy. So happy is a word that um, is quite common and it's used a lot. And it doesn't really, because it's quite general, so it doesn't really describe what's going on there um there's probably lots of different other words that you could use instead for the nuance of how you're feeling so why are you happy are you excited about something so if you're excited about something you could use you could use the word excited instead or um anticipating or um I've got these words delighted so if you could instead of happy you could say the word delighted ecstatic so ecstatic is a lot stronger than happy because ecstatic it's a very intense word it means really really happy or thrilled and if you use these words in your speaking you're actually um, going to trigger a much better response from the person that you're talking to because you've kind of broken up the mundanity of what's going on so um, mundane is a good word mundane means when something is the same and it's kind of boring so when things are mundane it's repeated and it's very predictable and when you have a mundane situation people kind of aren't really paying attention and they're a little bit bored so if you're using the same boring words you're going to get the same boring response but when we inject new words like delighted or ecstatic or thrilled we're gonna inject more emotion into our speaking and inject more emotion into um, our situations and it's just gonna it kind of makes people like wake up a little bit and gives them energy as well and all you've done is change your vocabulary Also, a little side note, it kind of makes you look smarter. So if you can use different adjectives, different words, you're going to look more intelligent. There's a story that my brother-in-law, when he was younger, he um, read a lot of books and he used to use long words from the books that he read in everyday life and this just kind of snowballed. So he would use a long word And people would think, oh, he's the smart one. And so my husband grew up with this complex where his brother was the smart one, which, I mean, that could be true. But also one of the reasons was because his brother was walking around using longer words. So that's something to keep in mind. Use, I'm not saying use 
too complex words or just use different words. It makes your speaking much more interesting. And another side note on that. So if you use long words, if you read a lot and you choose to use those words, just make sure that you know the meaning of them. So if someone calls you on it and says, oh, you're feeling exuberant. What does exuberant mean? You can say, oh, well, it actually means I'm really energetic um, and I've got lots of energy. And then they would be like, okay, so you don't want to look silly because you don't know the, the meaning of the word. But I wouldn't. I would suggest not using words that are too obscure. You really don't want um, a word that say um, the per- that's uncommon because if you use an uncommon word, well, you, it's not really natural English that you're using. So if you if you take a word, take a word that you've seen used somewhere else, and quite often if someone doesn't know the meaning of a word, they're not really going to ask you what does that mean. They'll just they probably internally feel a bit stupid and we don't really want we don't want to elicit those feelings in people either. So we're going for um, strong positive words that are common. So I have a few today that I would like to share with you and maybe you can memorize and then use them in your vocabulary this week and then see how you go see if that transforms the way that you talk and the responses you're getting from people. So Anthony Robbins talks about in transformational vocabulary, increasing the um, intensity of the words we use for positive emotions and downplaying the the labels that we use for our negative emotions. I've talked a little bit about happy. Instead of happy, you could say exuberant or excited or thrilled, just depending on the situation. But conversely, the opposite of that would be sometimes we use really strong words for negative emotions. So instead of happy, we say sad. But we also say things like annoyed or um, pissed off or angry These kind of words, if you're really angry or you're really pissed off, these words, even saying them makes me feel angry, they really kind of trigger a negative response in your your own body and maybe just saying it out loud to somebody else. So if you go, I'm really pissed off that you did that, you could just downplay the emotion and label it differently in the hopes of achieving a different kind of result from somebody so you could say instead of saying I'm really annoyed you could say I'm a little upset I'm a little irritated because irritation is only a mild upset rather than saying I'm really annoyed you could say I'm a little irritated so that's just an idea to get um, different results from people with the words that you choose Another thing we can do for um, describing our emotions is to describe success. How would you describe success? So, um, to me, I've always associated the word fabulous with success. And if I feel fabulous, I feel successful. Um, It's a bit weird, I guess, but I always associate fabulousness with 
big fur coats and high heel shoes, nail polish and lipstick and champagnes and crystals. And it's not my every, it's not my everyday life actually. So um, it's just something that I associate with the word fabulous. So think about the words you use and what kind of imagery they bring to you. Um, that's just mine with fabulous. So what word would do you associate with success? Um, and here is an example of how you can use transformational vocabulary in your everyday life. This is a real story. Me and my husband were going to the movies and we had already buy, bought the tickets and the movies are actually quite expensive in the town that I live in so we'd already bought the tickets online and we were in a bit of a hurry to get there on time and we were going to either just get there in time or miss some of the previews before the movies but that was fine we were happy with that so we're on our way to the movies and then the car starts to make this funny noise and it turned out that the tyre had a puncture so we had a flat tire and we pulled over to fix the tire and I knew that it was my fault as well because I had hit the curb earlier that morning in the car but anyway we pull over and it's really hot so my husband starts to change the tire and he's getting all sweaty and we're both getting really annoyed because of um, because we're going to miss the movie. So we had already bought the tickets, and then we hadn't. We were just running late, and then um, this whole incident with the tire was going to make us probably miss the movie. So that was one situation where we could have got angry and been like, "Oh, I'm really annoyed." But the truth is you can't do anything about that situation. The situation is as it is. The only thing we have to control is the way we perceive the situation. Or for me, okay, the only thing I could control was how I perceived the situation. I couldn't even really change a tyre. I just had to watch my husband do it and get all sweaty and annoyed. So in that situation, we changed describing it from I'm really angry at you to oh this is a little annoying as opposed to I'm really pissed off oh this is a little annoying or we're going to be a little late for the movies and then we looked at what we could do as an alternative and it turned out like we put the spare tire on the car um, and then we still went to the movies we were just a bit late and a funny side note is when we went to the movies, we told the man and he said we could go to a later session if we wanted, but we couldn't because we had to pick up our kid from school, our son from school after the movie finished. But we said, oh, can you fill us in on the 30 minutes of the movie that we missed? And then he quickly just relayed to us the synopsis of the movie, which was really, it was nice and it was really cool. And then in the end, you know what, we saw a really cheesy Hollywood movie and we didn't miss anything in the first 30 minutes and that movie was probably too long anyway. It was fine, it didn't matter. Um, So the thing is, when we see a negative situation in a more positive light, it gives us the power and the energy to move on with the situation 
It also makes you look like a more positive person. Saying things positively makes you look for a positive outcome to a negative situation and then you can move on with your life. It makes you a bit of a problem solver. So I have some words for you to do today that I'd like you to learn and then um, inject into your vocabulary this week. Just this is a simple switch, but when you have a negative emotion, instead of saying I'm really, change it to I'm little. So you go, instead of saying I'm really annoyed, change this to I'm a little annoyed. We didn't even have to change the word there. We just changed the amount. And the same with your positive emotions, we'll do the opposite. So instead of saying, I'm happy, you could just be like, I'm really happy about this. I'm really excited about the weekend. I'm really excited about my new job prospects. I'm really excited about my life at the moment. And this positive, I'm really, is adding a lot of, it's kind of, turning up the volume on your emotions. It's like, I'm really excited as opposed to I'm just excited. So all your negative emotions downplay just a little and all your positive emotions really upplay them. The cool words that I have for you today, um, I think I have six words. Let's be passionate about things instead of just I like board games, we could talk with passion. So I'm really passionate about board games. That means I really, really like them. It's a passion of mine. Instead of happy, use words like delighted, ecstatic and thrilled. And for the negative emotions, I've got some interesting ones for you to learn. Um, Instead of confused, you could be perplexed, which means that you're kind of puzzled. Instead of being totally, I don't understand, you could say, I'm feeling a little perplexed. Um, And the next one is, instead of annoyed, you could be peeved, which means you're, just means you're annoyed. And the same with vex. So, that vexes me means that it annoys you. So, you could say that you're a little bit peeved or a little bit vexed. And these words are, they're common but they're also a little bit unusual. So if you use them, you're going to, it's probably that sweet spot between people understand what perplexed means, but it's not used that much. So you're going to look a bit, you are going to look a little bit smarter and more well-educated if you can use those words. Um, So it's something that I suggest that you do. But anyway, that's your assignment for this week. If you can inject those six words into your vocabulary and if you can just start saying uh, a little, a lot um, for your negative emotions, if you can say I'm just a little bit annoyed and for your positive emotions, if you can say that you're really passionate about something and turn up the heat on those positive emotions and see how you go. And there it is. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the ESL Academy podcast. You can find show notes from today's episode and resources at the website, theeselacademy.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I wish you all the best in your English learning. (music) 